0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 24 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. What do we have in today's show? Well, of course, as per usual, we will start off with that was the week that was. Only one game to recap, but it was a really good, high-level competitive basketball game in San Antonio. Grizzlies getting the win. We'll detail that in that was the week that was. We'll talk about John Morant. All-Star Starters will be announced later today on Thursday, so we'll talk about him in Petey's Points. And then our friend of the program, we welcome in Kate Scott. She is, in her first year as the TV voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, replacing the legendary Mark Zumoff, who decided to step away from the microphone. Kate Scott, long and distinguished sports broadcasting career, predominantly on the West Coast, now moves to Philadelphia. We'll talk to her about her interesting journey Over the summer and uh, into the NBA season, we'll also touch base, of course, on what's happening with the Philadelphia 76ers. Grizzlies will start a road trip next week, and they will start it in Philadelphia, a trip that will also route through New York and then finally to Orlando before the Grizzlies return home. All that coming up today on the Grizz Weekly Grind, which today, as per usual, being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. You know that they do a great job instilling values in young men as they – learn how to be great basketball players and also great citizens as well the news there well the jack jones spring league for first to eighth grade boys they are getting signups for teams right now and they're also doing individual placements so if you've got a team go ahead sign them up if you have an individual uh youngster who wants to uh, join in the jack jones spring league they're doing first through eighth grade hoop city placements Uh, if you want all the information because there is a ton of updates. Go to hoopcitybc.com, and you will find all the information there on how to sign up your team or how to sign up your boy for a placement for the Jack Jones Spring League. And our continued thanks to the Hoop City Basketball Club, they continue to be a great fan and a great supporter of the Grizz Weekly Grind. With that, let's go ahead and let's get into That Was the Week That Was. So the Grizzlies are wrapping up their four-game road trip in San Antonio it is a team that the Grizzlies had already beaten once. That was on New Year's Eve. Now, the Grizzlies go into this game. And they're not going to have Tyus Jones. Uh, they're not going to have Kyle Anderson or Dylan Brooks. Now, Dylan is with the team. Kyle Anderson actually joined the team, but still not ready to return to play. Uh, Dylan was getting shots up before the game. Grizzlies welcome back Desmond Bain off of health and safety protocols, and they also got Brandon Clark back. Brandon missed the Dallas game with a sore back, and it was great to see him back on the floor for this game against the San Antonio Spurs. Grizzlies trying to end a four-game road trip at 2-2. Two and two. That's always a great result, no matter who you're playing or how long the road trip is. A 2-2 two and two road trip is always a good result. Grizzlies come out. Both teams really shooting the ball well. Both teams 50% plus in the first quarter. Desmond Bain, well, the last time we saw him – He went off for 25 against the Chicago Bulls, 15 in the second quarter. He has 11 in the first quarter of this game, and uh, no rust on Desmond Bain. San Antonio stays close, and they do it predominantly with the three ball. And and this, to me, was the interesting thing. This is a San Antonio team. They're last in the league. Only 33% of their shots come from beyond the arc. In the first quarter, of the 20 shots they took, 14 were were from three, and they made five. And that's how they remained within contact. Grizzlies at one point in the first quarter led it by 13. It was 34-25 after the end of one quarter. Spurs in the second quarter, uh, they're a a mid-range team. They're not a three-point shooting team. They're a mid-range and paint team, and they hit 10 of their last 12 shots in the first half. And the Grizzlies, who had built the lead up to 15 earlier in the second quarter, well, the Spurs closed within 61-58, thought the lead might have been a little bit bigger, three points bigger, because Brandon Clark hit a three at the buzzer, but the ball was still in his hand when the lights illuminated encircling the backboard, and so that was waved off correctly so by Mark Davis. And the Grizzlies get nine points in the second quarter from Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant starting to warm up. He had nine in the period. Grizzlies lead at 61-58 at the break. Grizzlies, well, they get off to a really good start in the third quarter, John Morant, leading third quarter scorer in the league, averaging right around nine points per third quarter, shooting 50% plus in third quarters this year, 13 in the third quarter as he really leads the charge for the Grizzlies. Jakob Pertl, this is a guy that you looked at him when he was in Toronto and you said, okay, journeyman. He's actually become a really good basketball player and he has been thrust into a starting world, the San Antonio Spurs, seven double-doubles in the month of January, one of the best months of his NBA career and he had eight in the period and San Antonio they're, they're still lurking around it's 94-86 as we go into the fourth and final quarter this game would get super tight uh, San Antonio had opportunities for the lead they did not get it back from the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter they did manage to tie the game in the fourth quarter but the Grizzlies doing just enough and just enough well it was a lot of John ja Morant John ja Morant with another 13-point quarter, finishes with 41, eight assists, and only one turnover. And more to the point, Morant goes six of six from the free-throw line in the clutch, and the Grizzlies are able to hold off the San Antonio Spurs, 118-110. to 110. Grizzlies shot 51% from the floor, another poor night shooting the three-ball, Actually, Ja Morant was their best three-point shooter. Grizzlies made seven. Ja made three. No other Grizzly made more than one. Zaire Williams made one. Jaron Jackson Jr. made one. Killian Tilly made one. The highlight defensively for the Grizzlies here, they had nine blocks, six coming from Jaron Jackson Jr., to tie his season high. So the Grizzlies get to 33-17. and 17. They pick up a game on the Utah Jazz, who lost at home to the Phoenix Suns, and the Grizzlies continue to hold on to the three spot in the Western Conference behind Golden State and Phoenix. Grizzlies will come home, and then they will take on the Utah Jazz on Friday night and the Washington Wizards on Saturday night. That is, that was, the week that was. All right, let's get to Zapiti's points. This is pretty simple. Uh, John Morant continues to impress and the thesaurus is running dry with all the great moves that he has made his finishes are spectacular some of the things that he does around the rim to get the ball into the bucket are simply amazing and it's not all about dunks it's his ability to finish at the rim with either hand the other thing that Brevin and I talked about and, and this was particularly true last night 26 points in the second half, 41 for the game, and with the game on the line and with the Grizzlies needing to make free throws, and it was not a good free throw shooting night for most of the Grizzlies, with the exception of John Morant. Goes six for six, down the stretch. Jaron Jackson Jr. also makes a big triple to make sure that the Grizzlies don't lose control of the scoreboard. I referred to it, and, and, and haltingly so, because yesterday was the anniversary of of Kobe Bryant's tragic death in the helicopter accident. And Mamba mentality is is a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. And you want to respect Kobe Bryant's memory. You want to respect all that he meant to the NBA. But if there was ever a time to break out the phrase Mamba mentality for anybody, I think it was for John Morant in that San Antonio game. And it even goes back to the Dallas game. The Dallas game was one where the Grizzlies were not making shots. It was a game where... You knew they weren't really going to pull this out unless something miraculous happened. And John Morant's in there, and he is scrapping for loose balls. He ties his career high with 13 rebounds. It's a game. It wasn't totally out of reach, but it wasn't a realistic chance for the Grizzlies to pull that one out. But the Grizzlies had a couple of days off. So Taylor Jenkins let Ja run, and his competitive spirit, his fire, his desire to win— is one of the things that will set him apart. Look, I've been around this league almost 30 years. There are players who have phenomenal athletic talent, but they don't pair it with high basketball IQ. They don't pair it with great court awareness. They don't pair it with the undying will to win. It was interesting in the walk-off interview with Rob Fisher on our telecast after the San Antonio game, Rob asked, uh jaw, something to the effect, why did why you know what 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 put you over the top and, and Jo ja just said the will to win. And he came out and, and he he dropped a reference to his grandmother. Uh, it was never made abundantly clear. Now we know that there was a practice day in Dallas. He was not there personal reasons, had no idea what that was. And then he mentioned that he was playing for his grandmother. Don't know what's going on with his grandmother. He wants to get to be with his grandmother to watch the All-Star Starters announcement on Thursday. Said he was playing that game for his grandmother. Again, I don't know what her situation is, uh, but, you know, Ja was playing for her. But this is the way Ja plays every night. I thought his defensive intensity might have been the best we have ever seen. It might have been one of the most complete games that John Morant has ever played. And he steps up against San Antonio. Remember the opener last year? Went for 44 points. Now 41 points against San Antonio. Uh, Continues to be one of the most dynamic players in the paint. He's had 12 games where he has scored 20 or more points in the paint as a guard. The only player this season that has had more games of 20-plus paint points is Giannis. That's it. And... Now 12 this season, Ja had 11 in his first two seasons combined. So you talk about somebody who's taken a, a phenomenal step forward. It's it's John ja Morant. I understand that you know I, and, and I I'm, I'm trying to think about how the actual starters are determined if it's strictly fan vote or, or how it works, but in any event, Ja should have enough of a lead over Luka Doncic. He should be an All-Star starter. I get the sense that that's He's the guy that everybody wants to see. Amazing that NBA, uh, that uh, ESPN dumped out of carrying the San Antonio-Memphis game, which would have been a phenomenal game because you had DeJounte Murray going up against Ja Morant. Uh, ja, obviously, bigger, splashier headlines. But DeJounte Murray, 10 triple-doubles on the year, including one last night against the Grizzlies. Would have been a fantastic matchup for national TV, but ESPN decided they'd rather go with the Knicks game, so whatever. Um, next point I want to make is Jaron Jackson Jr. Throughout the season, actually going into this season, the conversation was, this team will be as good as Jaron Jackson Jr. can be. And there have been nights where he struggled a little bit, particularly with the shot. And then there are nights when he's really on. Last night against San Antonio, was it was more his defense, I think, than anything else that was big. I mean, Uh, Jaron didn't uh, shoot from three particularly well and missed four free throws highly unusual for him but did finish with 22 and nine with six blocks those are the type of numbers that you can definitely live with and I think those are the types of numbers that Grizzlies fans were looking for on a regular basis can you be a 20 and 8 guy a 20 and 10 guy and throw in three or four blocks six is is a bonus of course uh But can you do this on a consistent basis? And that may be the only thing that's missing from Jaron's game right now. And I realize I'm nitpicking because he has really improved as a basketball player. I've just seen a maturity in Jaron this year. Uh, Not that he was immature before. I just, I see growth in him. I see growth in John Moran. I see growth in Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's not forget According to Sport Radar, this is the second youngest team in the NBA by average age. The second youngest. Can you believe that? And this team right now is third in the West, and they're 16 games above 500. Second best 50-game start in franchise history. That's insane. So that brings me to my final Petey's point. Taylor Jenkins, if he's not on the coach of the year ballot, if he's not on the finalist list, There's something wrong here. I know Monty Williams is doing great things in Phoenix. Uh, Steve Kerr continues to do great things in Golden State. Billy Donovan's going to get some love in Chicago, as well he should, although their season takes a hit. Now Lonzo Ball going to undergo knee surgery. J.B. Bickerstaff in Cleveland deserves a ton of credit, uh, along for the front office for drafting Evan Mobley. Uh, But Taylor Jenkins has been as good as any coach in the NBA this year. When you consider the youth... Of this team, and when you look at the body of work and how this team has gotten better in close games, how they have gotten better in clutch games, uh, their poise, their ability to withstand adversity, the fact that they have lost, you know, virtually everybody at one point to health and safety protocols, and they really haven't missed a beat. When you think that they've had Dylan Brooks for maybe only half of the games this season. And that they are 16 games above 500, that's remarkable. Uh, and, and they've missed their key pieces. And you miss John ja Morant for a dozen games. And still, they're 16 games above 500. That's on the players, of course, because they have to play the game. But a ton of credit has to go to Taylor Jenkins because, one way or another, he has kept this train on the tracks and has kept it rolling regardless of who is on the floor. And it really is a remarkable job by Taylor Jenkins. Look, I know I'm biased. I know him. I get to see him on a daily basis, get to interview him. He's a great guy, but he's also really a damn fine basketball coach. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the rest of the league understands what an incredible job he has done. Yeah. There's talent on this team. There's, there's no question. There are a lot of talented teams, And 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 don't perform. This is a talented team that has performed. It's a young talented team, and they have performed. uh, I think beyond anybody's expectations to this point. And uh, we're fifty games into the season. The Grizzlies thirty three and seventeen, almost you know certain to be avoiding the play in tournament, which uh, I think was always the goal. And now the goal is: can you get a top four seed? Can you win the division? Uh, you'd love to have a top four seed so you can have home court in the first round of the playoffs and make sure that FedEx form is really rocking as you take on whoever you may face in the first round of the NBA playoffs. So those are PD's points for today. We're going to get to Kate Scott as our friend of the program in a moment. But first, we tell you. That today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5, and you'll get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Now, if you're not a new customer, that's cool. You can still experience the conference championship with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. Now, It's simple. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. So go for it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That brings us to today's friend of the program. It is Kate Scott. She is in her first season as the television play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia alongside Alaa Abdel Nabi. Mark Zumoff, the legendary Sixers announcer. Decided to retire, step aside, enjoy uh, his golden years, as it were, without uh, the rigors of NBA travel. Kate Scott comes to Philadelphia from the West Coast. She had been working at the sports powerhouse KNBR, the Warriors flagship station in the Bay Area, had also been calling sports for the Pac-12 Network, Uh, got tabbed to do college football for the Learfield National Network alongside Mike Golick, also worked the Olympics with Fran Fershilla, and then got the call From NBC Sports Philadelphia, how'd you like to be the next voice of the Philadelphia 76ers? It has been a very, very busy year for Kate Scott, who joins Lisa Byington as the first two women to be full-time play-by-play announcers in the NBA. Lisa with the Milwaukee Bucks and Kate Scott with the Philadelphia 76ers. She is our friend of the program. So Kate, first of all, congratulations on joining the the convocation of of NBA play-by-play broadcasters. (laughs) This had to have been one of the craziest summers of your life because you are doing for Learfield a national college football game on radio with my classmate, Mike Golick. And then in the midst of this, you end up as the voice of, of the 76ers. And even with that, you haven't been traveling. You've been dealing with COVID. So how is life in a blender for Kate Scott? (laughs) I think
1: in a blender is a great way to uh, say it, Pete. And it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, But yeah, definitely a craziest summer I can remember because right before all of that, uh, I was lucky enough to call my first Olympics, which was wild and so much fun. Overnights with Fran Priscilla and Monica McNutt and Phil Policino was our producer, who's the producer of the uh, Golden State Warriors regional broadcast on the NBC out there um so it was uh it was a lot um but you know when opportunity knocks in this industry which it so rarely does um you just have to jump so I was so excited to get that opportunity with Mike Golick who is I mean everything that I think everybody thinks he is and so much more we had an absolute blast during our football season uh and then in the midst of that like you said NBC Philly called and said hey we'd love for you to be uh, the next voice of the Sixers and uh, I was blown away by that call and this opportunity but obviously there was no way in the world I was going to say no to that so just figured it out and I think actually working with your classmate Mike Golick and uh Tom Bowman was our producer who uh, was slumming it with us. Tom produced Dodgers broadcast years ago, but now he's really high up in Learfield, but he just wanted to get back on the road and have some fun like the old days. And I think working with those two guys when I got the Sixers news um, really helped me believe and be ready for this because they've been in the industry for so long and they, they gave me a lot of advice and guidance even about the simple stuff Be you know moving across the country trying to figure out the best places to fly into and out of to make the schedule as streamlined and easy as possible because this job was going to be hard enough without all of that um, so it's been wild it's been fun it's been a blender but I just feel so so lucky to be here
0: a major transition because you've basically been a West Coast person, and now you move <laughs> to the other side of the country, yep. <laughs> and you have everybody in Philadelphia, because I follow you on social media. You have so many people in Philadelphia telling you, got to go to Wawa, and this is where you get your steaks, and this is where you, <laughs> you got to get this type of sandwich and, and this, that, and the other. And the other piece of this, too, is you're following a local legend in Mark Zumoff, yeah. who is also, in addition to being a great broadcaster, he's, he's one of the best people In our business, what has that transition been like? Because I was always told when I got into the NBA, you don't want to be the person who follows the legend; you want to be the person that follows the person that follows the legend. But uh, it it seems that everybody in Philadelphia, by and large, they've they've been very supportive of you and very welcoming you of you uh, following after Zoo.
1: Uh, Well, I was right there with you. I thought whoever was going to try to follow Zoo was just going to be an idiot. And uh, here we are. (laughs) Um, But now that I'm here, uh, I actually don't think I could be following a better person because of what you mentioned about Zoo's humanity. He is obviously and was and remains such an incredible broadcaster. Uh, There's a reason that he's so beloved here in Philly. But at the same time, he gets all of this. He knew how difficult it was going to be for me. So he was a part of that welcoming committee. Um, he, He knows that if he were to come to games and be really visible this year, that can make things difficult, even though... You know me, I think well enough, Pete. I've extended that olive branch and said, "Zoo, pl- do not because of me think you can't come to games. You, you, this is your team and your city, so be here as much as you want." And he flat out told me, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna make myself scarce for a couple of seasons, Kate. I'll be watching and listening, and I may be there, but it's not gonna be look at me, look at me because." it's it's your time now so i want to make this as easy for you as possible he and his wife deb or my wife and pup finally made it the cross country journey a couple weeks ago and they're having us out for dinner in, in a couple weeks so he has again what you said I, I was i was pretty nervous about following the legend that is mark zumoff but because of his humanity and the fact that he understands this Um, I don't think I could actually be luckier and be coming into a better situation because he was ready to go. It was his choice. He wasn't pushed out. Uh, The team he works with and that I now work with. We're ready because of that. So it has been, I think, as smooth of a, as you mentioned, cross country, like so many different things, right? Um, and I know it hasn't been easy for Philly fans. And I know a lot of folks are still coming around, which I completely understand. I know this is going to take folks a while, but I'd, I'd say so far, pretty good. It, thanks in large part to Mark Zuma.
0: Well, and you do work with a really good crew. J.R. Aguiar is one of, my, one of my favorite producer yes. people in the NBA, and Allah Abdelnabi. I mean, how could, how could you not like working with Ala? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he, he's, a, he's such a fun guy with such a good sense of humor, and he's such a fun listen. Yes. Now, you got to work with Mike Golick, so new partner, mm-hmm. Ala, new partner. Yeah. Uh, for those people who are listening who are aficionados of what we do, how do you find getting that chemistry when you walk in the door and like, I'm working with Mike Golick and I've never met him before or something yeah. like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's scary, right? Because to me, chemistry is really the foundation of a great broadcast. You can be great broadcasters, no doubt. It's a great play-by-play, great analyst, But if you don't mesh together and find that chemistry, I don't think that the broadcast is ever going to reach that next level. It may still be a really great, right? Foundational broadcast, but to really make it fun. And I, I have to listen to these two or three or however many people are on the broadcast. You want people to enjoy it. Right. And kind of feel like they're as the old cliche goes sitting at the bar with you or sitting on their couch, watching the game just alongside you. Um, And I don't think it's something that can be faked and I just got, again, extremely lucky to be with these two fantastic guys. Um, you know, I was I was nervous. I mean, he's Mike Golick. <laughs> I worked in of sports <laughs> radio. I worked in sports radio for KNBR for a number of years out in San Francisco. And Mike and Mike was what I would have on in my car at four in the morning when I was driving into KNBR. So to now get to work with this guy, I remember when he agreed to it, the first time we talked was right after the Olympics. And I just flat out asked him like, what the hell you wanted to work with me for? This chick that you don't know anything about on the West Coast because hadn't gotten this gig yet. Um, and he said, you know, I listened to you at the Olympics, and you and Fran just seem to be having a great time together. So I'm really excited. And then first game was good, but I was still nervous. And we went out to a great southern breakfast at a cracker barrel, week two.
0: Gotta do um, it,
1: you know, and we just talked for like an hour and a half, and after that, uh, the fear had gone away. He was just a human to me, and just a a broadcaster, and then because of that, because we spent a little time getting to know one another, things just took off. And it's been the same with Allah. I mean, I didn't even audition with him because he was sick when I flew out here to Philly. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, (laughs) I've got this huge job. And I don't even know if the guy that I'm going to be sitting with, you know, 70 plus games a year likes me or was a fan of my audition. And as you mentioned, I mean, the the second we met each other, I could tell that we were going to have so much fun and we are just building that chemistry now, getting to know what music the other person likes and food and where I can needle them and what I should stay away from, right? All all the stuff that you would with a normal friend, Um, because I think getting back to where I started this chemistry is of the utmost importance, especially when you're doing what you and I do now, when it's consistently the same audience right over and over and over again I think it's really important to have that chemistry because to me it just feels kind of like an ongoing conversation now that Allah and I are having with each other and with Sixers fans everywhere
0: yeah you never want to get kicked out of the living room you always want to be in the (laughs) living room with 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 your fans um it, it was the same thing with me and with Brevin yeah because I was away for the summer and they decided to, to bring in Brevin on a part-time basis. And I, I get this phone call. It's like, yeah, you'll work some games with Brevin Knight. Okay.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll work with anybody. And, and, and we become very best friends, play golf. Yeah, I mean, he plays more than I do, but you know, we play a lot of golf together yeah. and yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been fun, but if you hire good people, you're probably going to have good chemistry. And, yeah. and you know, Mike Golick is good people. Brevin Knight is really good people. Let's talk about the Sixers because it's been a while. And obviously, since we're in different conferences, we don't get to see a whole lot of each other. Give us uh, give us the thumbnail on the current state of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh,
1: Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid Pete. <laughs> okay.
0: There it is. There it is. OK, we got it. MVP candidate, that's, Joel that's Embiid. I'll talk, I'll talk to you later.
1: Um, <laughs> no, but obviously we have to start with the big man because... Um, you know, I was lucky enough to see Stephen Curry for his MVP seasons when I was living out in the Bay Area and working for the Warriors flagship radio station. Um, And there was just a joy and a must-see TV, which I'm sure you and Grizzlies fans are experiencing a lot right now with Jaw and the team that you're covering. Um, But Joel, the level that he has reached in the last month or so since about the middle of December, uh, he's absolutely unstoppable. And the way he's doing it, is something I have never seen from a a seven footer before. And I obviously defer to Allah because he's been around. He's seen a little bit more. He's lived a little bit more than me. Um, And the way he describes it is it is a guard in a big man's body, but he's doing the turnarounds that we saw from, you know, Michael and Kobe and and Dirk, the fadeaways right at the free throw line. He's doing stuff that Hakeem was doing that Dr. J was doing. He is a combination of, of so many hall of famers that just feel so lucky to be calling his games every night. So, so that's the first part of it, because he's putting up such big numbers, but his leadership, everyone is telling me has also taken a different step this year that in the past, getting back to what we were just talking about, chemistry, go on the road. A lot of guys would go out to team dinners, but Joel wouldn't Right? He was kind of a private person. And he has figured out this year that it is really important to get guys liking you off the court in addition to what you're doing on the court. And because of that, the chemistry of this team, I know there's a lot of noise going on around the team, but when you're with them, when I'm at shoot around, when I'm talking to the guys, you don't see that at all. They just seem like a bunch of guys, almost like high school kids who are having a blast together. In addition to Joel Tobias Harris, Finally seems to be finding his rhythm again the last couple of weeks. We know how big it is. You can have a superstar, but if that's it, you're not going to win that many games in this league. So Tobias is putting up about 20 plus every game now, which is really important. It's been tough because Seth Curry and Danny Green and Matisse Thibel, the other guys have been dealing with injuries for the last couple of weeks. So kind of trying to refine the rhythm there. Um, But, You know, the guy who was tasked with stepping in for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey. I don't think many people saw the development that he has had this season in just his second year coming. And every single game, he just looks at Doc and Sam Cassell and says, what else can I do for you guys? Like, what do I need to do? Bring it on. Bring on the responsibility. How can I be better? He really wants to learn. So. It's a lot of fun. They're winning games. Um, you know, They're losing some that they should be winning, right? Because I, st- I still don't think they know who they are because like every other team, they've been dealt with so many injuries and COVID and it's just such a wacky year. But overall, starts and finishes with Joel. But thankfully, it seems like the other guys right now are finally starting to step up on a consistent basis, which has led to the streak that they've been on.
0: Now, I did want to ask you about Tyrese Maxey in particular because Desmond Bain and Tyrese Maxey are two of the most improved scorers. From first year to second year, and and that's been really good. One of my all time favorite people, even though he's always been on the other side of the bench from where I sit, and I still hold it against him. He hit a half court shot against my Notre Dame Fighting Irish back in the day when he was with Marquette. Uh, what 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 what's it been like with, with with Doc Rivers? Because he he, I mean, he gets it because yes. he was in the media. But how has how has he been to deal with him? What is what have your been impressions of Doc?
1: Well, you said it, Pete. He gets it. And I don't think we can say that enough. I mean, again, I saw it with Steve Kerr at Golden State. You just, the coaches who spent a little time in media. And I don't know if that's the reason I just point to that because it seems to be that connection. Um, But my first week here, you know, I think it was the day or two after media day, I'm at a shoot around or practice and doc says, Hey, Hey, Kate, you're the new kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, c- c- come to my office, come to my office. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, here, here it goes. <laughs> this is the start and end of a relationship. We sit down and he goes, hey, so I don't know anything about you, but I know that I didn't set out to be the first Black anything. I'm sure you didn't set out to be the first woman anything. We're just doing this because we love it and wanted to get better and better at it. So tell me your story. And then we spent the next 20 minutes talking about golf, like you said, in California, because he has a house out there and hoop. Um, And at the end of the 20 minutes, he just said, anything you need to be successful, come to every shoot around, come to practice, anytime you need to talk to me after practice, just, you know, poke one of our media guys and, and pull me aside or come into my office, whatever I can do, whatever we can do to help you succeed at this, because I know it's not going to be easy. I'm here. And, you know, Pete, that kind of access doesn't come around at the high school level these days, let alone at the profession, I can't tell you how many schools said, oh, Mike Golick is calling our college game. I'm sorry, we we can't have you on our phone call this week. Really? Really? You don't want us to be a propagandist for your team? Because that's what we're going to do. We just want to tell as many great stories about your team. Um, but you know, there's a level of trust. I understand that I'm not going to say everything that I see at around, but it, it is such a, a privilege and, a, and an aid in my getting to know and learn this team to be able to attend everything I can. Um, and, and that starts with Doc and, and opening the door from the second I got here.
0: That's almost, I wonder if it's almost a San Antonio thing too, you because know, mm. Doc spent some time there, Steve Kerr spent some time there, and, and obviously both of them were in the media. I, and I, I heartily second the whole thing about sometimes in college, I would do some college Olympic sports, yeah. Not going not gonna to name names, not going to name schools or sports. <laughs> Let it out, Pete. I know where but, this is headed. But, but you, would, you, would go, you would get on a conference call with a coach. It's like, look, we're, we're putting your fill-in-the-blank team on a regional mm-hmm. sports network, and we'd really like to tell some stories. Can you tell us who's going to start? No. <laughs> but clearly you know yep. who's going to start this match, who's going to start this game, Uh and we're trying you know and it's like we're trying to present your student athletes in the best possible way could you maybe give us a hand or you'd ask
1: sell your school exactly your high and high school kids or parents who want to go so anything you tell us right now if it sounds good it's going to make the air well we're uh really looking forward to giving 110 percent and you know uh got a lot of good Good smart kids on my team. All right, coach. Well, I guess we're not talking about your team at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bas- <laughs> you know, yeah, basically, but- it's the bus scene from Bull Durham. You got to work on your cliches, <laughs> kid. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, and 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 that's great. And and even at the NBA level, sometimes you don't get the level of access that you would like, depending on how your front office and how your head coach yeah. react. And yeah. we're very fortunate in Memphis because when we started traveling again at the start of the season, the basketball operations staff when we got on the plane for the first plane ride they're like oh my oh you're back we we missed you and i'm like that's a really good feeling you know yes. when 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 they have that and um and i have gotten to spend some time with doc in officiating advisory council meetings and it's great to see the private doc mhm and just chat with him as opposed to kind of the public figure where, you know, you have to say what you have to say. But to just see him in unguarded and social moments is is really a lot of fun. And and Kate, I am, I am thrilled for you. Uh, this is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward because we're going to go back out on the road for the first time in four road trips. So we will see you in Philadelphia. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and uh, actually meeting you because we've we've talked, but we've never actually met. <laughs> So I get no. to meet you and uh, and get to say hello to to Ala and Jr and and all the great people in Philadelphia. I'm, just, I'm sorry, Zoo won't come to the building, um, but Maybe I'm we sure we can get him
1: out. Maybe we can get him out for the. Maybe game. we
0: can. Maybe we, it's we can. Be a good one.
1: Maybe, it's going to be a good one. And also just just want to say thank you, Pete. The same way that I talked about Zoo uh, for your listeners, you have been wonderful to me the last couple of years, and I can't speak highly enough of you and just our MBA family because. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like coming into this. Um, And you all have been truthfully so welcoming, not, not faking it, but, you've just treated me as another broadcaster and I can't thank you enough for that. And I'm so looking forward to saying hi with a mask on and from a distance in a, of course, in a, of course. In a couple of days. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to seeing your team because I'll be honest, they've been one of the teams that I've been rooting for in the Western conference. Cause they're so darn fun. After you guys knocked out the warriors last season in that overtime game, I thought, uh Oh, look out. The Grizz are back. So really looking forward to seeing you all soon.
0: Well, wait till we actually have NBA broadcast meetings in person. <laughs> And, and then, and, and honestly, Kate, it was the biggest thing last year when we, when nobody traveled. Yeah. That was the thing that we all missed because Mark Folliwell in Dallas is a friend. If we have an off night in Dallas, we're going to a hockey game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so many of these people that, that we have known throughout the years, they've become close personal friends. And so when we didn't travel, we didn't get to see people. And, and now, now we're getting back to traveling and, and getting to see people and, uh, so it's, that's, a it, it's a family it 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 really is it really yeah. is and when you think that there are only 30 of us that do television play-by-play play in the nba you know it's a it's a pretty small group and everybody we can speak to everybody's lifestyles mm-hmm. what they do how they do their thing and it, it makes us kind of a unique group but it is a very very tightly knit group and and we're yeah. thrilled to have you as part of it thank you i'm honored to be here so there you go fun chat With Kate Scott of the Philadelphia 76ers, really enjoyed getting to visit with her. Uh, We have mutual friends in the Bay Area, and uh, so we have talked through the years, but uh, always virtually and never in person. Looking forward to meeting Kate Scott when the Grizzlies and 76ers meet on Monday night. Grizzlies, of course, have a Friday night game against the Utah Jazz. Big showdown between two teams vying for the three seed in the Western Conference. Then a back-to-back at home Saturday night against the Washington Wizards, and then the Grizzlies get on a plane on Sunday, and they will fly to Philadelphia, take on the 76ers on Monday, go to New York, and it will be uh, the Knicks next Wednesday, and then next Saturday afternoon, it will be a 5 o'clock start against the Orlando Magic. And just a a side note for those of you who have been watching the telecasts, uh, last uh, several road trips, uh, we have not gone Uh, and have not traveled to be on site because of out of an abundance of caution, waiting for Omicron to uh, to die down a little bit. I'm pleased to report we will be back on the road and we'll stay on the road for the rest of the season. At least that's the plan for right now so uh, we're looking forward to getting back out on the road but a big back-to-back for the Grizzlies this weekend and we'll recap it in the next edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network our thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook and Hoop City Basketball Club for their continued support I'm Pete Pranica thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time